Welcome back to your Switch Podcast. Today is Thursday, November the 17th, and we're back with another podcast. <sighs> Jesus. They, that, that'll go that flow for you. Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry. We had too many starts. <laughs> too many starts today. This is our second official start of the podcast. Yeah. God, the first one was so much better. Yeah, it was, but yet again, I do have things written out a little better. Cool. So maybe things will go a little bit better throughout the whole thing. Let me, I, I wrote this all down. Let me drive the conversation. Drive these nuts at that is not nice. We don't need to be saying mean things like that on this podcast, okay? We can be we can be good human beings. Okay. Let's start with this. Aaron Judge Ball is now going to auction. The person that caught the ball, Corey Humans, is gonna be putting it on auction after he recently received a three million dollar offer for the prized ball sixty seven sixty second, I said seven. 60-second home run ball that Aaron Judge hit that broke the record for the all-time AL lead for hitting home runs in a season. If we're not talking about, if we're including the the people that cheated, having home run, having a lot more home runs than 62. The ball is now out there for auction. Over $3 million, I mean, $3 million is pretty much probably going to be the starting price now yeah. since he declined that offer. Guy and his wife decided, hey, we're going to put it. So first off, the ball has to sell for a lot more than that, right? Because if it sells for 3.1, they're going to be selling. They're going to be giving a decent chunk to the auction house that they're doing it through. Yeah. So now they're hoping that it sells for five million or sells for more. So I think the most expensive baseball to ever be sold was Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball in the uh, which happened in the 98 season, which went point three. Went for $3.05 million. So, Jace. Yes. All of this, how much... So, is there a certain piece of memorabilia that if you had all the money in the world, is there a certain piece of memorabilia that you'd have to have? Yes. Is there one? Or is there is, is there a top five piece of memorabilia no. you'd like to have? No. I could name like two. Hmm. I can name a few. I can name a few that I would like personally like to have if I had unlimited amounts of money to spend on these things. And then after after we talk about that this quick thing, I do have like some of like the the highest sold things mm-hmm. just for the fun of it. Um when it comes to sports memorabilia, because apparently this is a very big business, a la sports cards and stuff like that. So I figured it'd be a nice little uh informational thing to see the top sold things. But what would you like to buy? What what piece of history get, like, in sports would you like to have? An original Jackie Robinson jersey. A Brooklyn Dodgers jersey would be cool. Like original Jackie Robinson Dodgers jersey. That'd be cool. Okay. And then if I could get the last three-peat jersey from, from Jordan from when he won the championship, that'd be cool too. Okay. Um, things I could think of. Um, I would want... The okay, so if we're talking football, I would like to have the shoes that Santonio Holmes wore when he caught the game winning touchdown for Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. That'd be very cool. Um, because that's just a piece of like one of my yeah, that's just cool favorite memories as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan watching that Super Bowl. Very, very cool. Um, if if it's baseball, um. Derek Jeter, um, I would like to have, like, if he is 3,000th hit that went for a home run, 
that ball would be really cool to have. Um, I would like hey his bat that he hit the uh, his last hit with in Yankee Stadium for the walk off hit for his last hit of his career. That'd also be a very cool item to have. Um, not to mention, especially after watching the Derek Jeter doc, the Mister October when he hit that home run in October to take uh send to send his team into the that would be the ALCS. Yeah. Um, that was a very that'd be a very cool piece of memorabilia to have too. Um, and then basketball, obviously, um, Michael Jordan, a pair of shoes, something like that from one of his second three peats. That'd be that'd be very very cool to have a piece of Michael Jordan, a jersey. Very easy thing to have. Um, I don't think there's any other player in the NBA that would, I. Oh, Kobe, the Kobe Kobe memorabilia would be nice too. He's just a legend in the game type of thing. But yeah, those would be probably the pieces I want to buy. So, the top twelve. Most valuable sports memorabilia memorabilia uh, things that I've ever sold. Okay. Okay. Let me hear. It. Um. The apparently this is wrong because there is a Nicky uh, Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Uh. What is it? A. This list is probably a little bit out of date, but if we're looking at the highest price thing to ever be, I'm just gonna go original Olympic Games uh, manifesto. So the original Olympic Olympic, uh, Olympic Olymp- Games manifesto. Jesus, eight point eight million. Okay. There's something that's more, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, Honus Wagner, um, nineteen oh nine baseball card. Yeah, six point six million. Um, Nicky Mantle, nineteen fifty two baseball card, sold for five point two. Yep. Um, we got five. Babe Ruth nineteen twenty jersey were sold for four point four million. That feels low. <sighs> it does. Um, that, that feels really low. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like somebody got a steal because that's like a genuine piece of history. Um, especially James, baseball history. James Naismith eighteen ninety one rules of basketball. I don't know who that is. The guy that made basketball. Oh, cool. Some Canadian. Yeah. God, okay. Sold for four million. It was uh the ru- thirteen rules of basketball. It was a. Probably like a book or something like that. It's had the rules, rules of basketball. Um, Daniel Lucius Adams' rule of baseball. Pretty much when he made the rules of baseball. Sold for 3.2. Mark McGuire, 70th, we already talked about. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We got Babe Ruth's 1927 World Series ring. That sold for 2.1. God, feels way too low. And then ten Norman Rockwell baseball print, um, one point seven. And then Joe Dimaggio, Joe DiMaggio's journal sold for one point five, and Paul Henderson's nineteen seventy two Summit Series jersey. I don't know what that is. Hockey. I don't care. Um, <laughs> maybe that was a little bit too on the nose. We have to be more. Uh, we have to be less abrasive. <laughs> maybe. But that uh, that Mickey Mantle baseball card has resold since that thing I told you about, since the one I told you before. So it recently sold for $12.6 million. Okay, that seems better. <laughs> yeah, so that's probably a better, much better price. Inflation and all that, you know? All right. Next thing. I, this was really, that was a really quick thing. Honestly, yeah. it, was, it was informational. Why are you taking the paper? I'm lead, trying to lead the conversation here. What? Nothing. Uh, what do you got next? All right. So there's 
there's recent news on Aaron Judge. So there was a recent s- story done for the MLB on in uh, ESPN. So done saying that Aaron Judge, that the Mets wow. will be hesitant to sign Aaron Judge. <laughs> I just read your notes. I hate you a little bit, just a little bit. That's funny though. Continue. <laughs> you can't like I'm in the middle of the song. I'm in the middle I, of the song. I know, but it says you're they're hesitant, right? Mets hesitant to go for Judge due to mutually respectful relationship between owners Steve Col- Colton Colton it's Cohen. Who cares? And how Stein something Brenner. German? Stein uh, happy at least the Mets won't get him. <laughs> That's all I read. If story happy at least the Mets won't get him. If story is true, that is spoken like a true Yankees fan. I'd rather die than him go to the Mets. Uh, that is one funny. Just that's just funny. Uh, can I give you the can I give you the details of the story before you start talking about? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Major League Baseball is now investigating whether the New York Mets and New York Yankees violated the CBA. Um, with the story saying that, um, there is a mutually respectful relationship between Mets owner Steve Cohen and Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner on how they do not expect to upend that with a high-profile bidding war for Judge. So pretty much this whole season where everybody's talking about what teams could go after Aaron Judge and ask for his services, giving him all the crazy amounts of money that he's asking for, There, everybody's saying closer to 400 if not more than $400 million, that he is the 30-year-old baseball player is going to be asking for. There, everybody talked about how the Mets would be an ideal landing spot for him. So this story kind of goes, obviously, on a total 180 against that. So now the MLBPA is looking at it like, hey, if this story comes out, is that collusion? Could this be a problem with teams? Because that's obviously not good for a player to have um, MLB teams talking to each other, let alone owners, talking to each other, talking about who they are or are not going to sign. And having a handshake agreement to say, hey, we're not going to drive up the price on this player because we respect each other isn't great for the player because obviously the player is trying to get as much as possible. And now having that teams go after the same player leads to having a bidding war and stuff like that. Players getting paid more. Yeah. All that happening. I kind of come out this with now, if this story is totally true, which we don't know it is the MLBPA will be going after the league, which will be going after those two teams and if that happens, the there will be damages that have to be paid. The last time that a collusion case has been, uh, like went off and accepted, was let's see, there is a oh, I had it on here. Give me just a second. Um, okay, last successful collusion case for players came in two thousand six. When the MLB paid twelve million from claims in the two thousand two two thousand three season, and then would pay triple damages, so the teams would have to pay a lot more money out in order to rectify the situation. If it is deemed that the Yankees and the Mets had a handshake agreement to not ju- price uh, price not hike, the price, yeah, yeah, hi- price hike, and go after Judge in order to mess up the relationship they have. I don't understand how those two owners could have a respectful relationship when I, you know, it's like one of those Yankees looks at the Mets like a little brother type of thing. 
I don't get how you have a friendship between owners if that if something like that is happening, not only with your fans, but with players too. It's a whole thing. But okay. But Mike, like Mike, like you kind of already mentioned, the question I have. If the Mets are out, if the Yankees aren't going to sign him, which I'm not all the way bought in on if it's a good idea or not, right? I think we've both kind of talked about it already, losing the World Series. Um, not the World Series, but losing in the AL. CS to the Astros has led to you. You're not talking is not helping me right I'm, now. I'm listening. I'm listening to what you're saying. You've given me nothing to say yet. <laughs> you're saying something, so I'm listening to what you're saying. Okay, you're not really listening. Like you're playing something on your phone. No, I am watching you talk. I am. No, watching you're not. You I'm, I'm obviously, you're not. Okay, is this a? Would it be a nice consolation prize that if he doesn't sign with the Yankees, at least he's getting out of New York? Because apparently the only other big fish that is potentially like talked about going to get Aaron Judge is San Francisco, where he is a native. He lived there as a child. That was like his hometown team. Yeah. And if that's the case, and he goes to San Fran, at least he would not have. We wouldn't have to deal with him. He's not even in the uh, American League anymore. He's not even He'd be in the National He's not League. in competition for a chip at all. <laughs> Let's be real. Honestly, they're not that good of a team. They're a pretty bad team. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you for sure. If you just give your thoughts on that while I look up their record from last year. Well, it's I don't uh, I wouldn't care. I'd be have I'd have more of a problem if he was still in our division and we have to see him 15, 20 times a year. That'd be my problem. Well, Mets aren't in our division, so we don't wouldn't have to worry about that. But we would he'd be literally across in the same city, you know, so that would be an issue at least as far as I'm concerned. Um, Let's see. I don't like. I I would like the guy to get as much money as he can. I don't want us. I don't want us to. I don't want that story to be true. Because he does deserve what he's going to get paid. San Fran went eighty-one and eighty-one last year. Yeah, it's kind of mid. I think the reason why they're looked at as a good place for him because they have a ton of money to spend, and not a lot to spend it on. So obviously, Judge would be a great fit for that scenario if he's looking for four hundred plus million. Man, who are they paying? Only person I can I could remember was Buster Posey, but he re- retired two years ago. Um, I am not seeing anything. Uh, Thyro Estrada was their highest batting average player, second base. I have no idea who that is. Um, <laughs> so he could be he could be the greatest player of all time, and I would never know. Um, Carlos Rondon, er, a b- best area on the team. Logan Webb. Most wins, Carlos Rendon again for strikeouts. Okay. Got cool. Nothing. Yeah, got nothing. So, at least you wouldn't have to see him in the same city. When I, I honestly, it would suck to see him in a Mets uniform um, because, honestly, Yankees fans would never hear the end of it, with, at least due to the Mets fans that have something to say. Hey, we stole your player. I think the last time the Mets stole a Yankees player was um, – why am I forgetting his name now? Um, the second baseman played for the Yankees, went over to – I. Oh, um, it is, um, yeah, well, I just, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't mind if he was a Met. I don't really care. It's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't mind that much. I you know? would, I would, I don't need to see him with the Mets. That's I don't need to see it. Um, really it is, why am I forgetting? His name, Robinson Cano. I really liked Robinson Cano last time this this happened because Robinson Cano was a great player. At least for the Yankees, he was. Played really well, second base, all that. 
Really liked him as a player. Ended up going from the Yankees to the Mets. Really hurt my heart when it happened. But yet, honestly, nothing really came in his career after that. He kind of played bad. I think the last two years he's been hit for PEDs. So not nothing much has came of his career since he's become a Met. So it doesn't. It, it didn't really matter. It didn't matter, but it did suck when it did happen. But it, it, well, it is what it is. I don't really think. I don't think. I, I don't think we'd have any expectation of Judge go, like going to the Mets and falling off the face of the earth. No, which would make it worse. Which would make it worse if he's going to hit a ton of home runs for the Mets, while the Yankees are left with. I wouldn't say nothing because we still have a decent team, but without him, we wouldn't have made it as far as we did this yeah, year. Yeah, but without him, we free up cap space to get better players. Or we have no relief pitching. Let's be real. We don't have relief pitchers. Yeah, but we had really bad dry spells throughout the regular season that Aaron Judge was the only person hitting at all throughout the regular season. So with all of that being the case, it like if you let him walk, you'd still need batting. It's not yes, like you have a surplus again, of it. If we sign him, we can't fix it. We can't fix any other position. They'd be able to. They just have to be willing to go deeper into their own pockets and pay the luxury tax. Oh, uh, have you learned about sports ever? The Yankees have done it before. They've done it plenty. Like oh. they've always they've always done it, and they've honestly turned out pretty cheap over the last few years, not paying as high of luxury taxes as they usually do. So they could do it. It's definitely a possibility. And I would say that if it would have to be an astro- astronomical amount more for a judge to go from the Yankees to the to the uh, Giants, if I had to guess. If they are within a ballpark number, I believe that Aaron Judge would stay with the Yankees because being the best player on the Yankees is something different in sports. It is one of those things. It is it means more than being a great player for practically any other franchise. You're in New York, one of the biggest cities in the in the in the world, and then being for one of the most storied franchises, obviously in sports history. So I do think there, as long as the Yankees are within a certain number, that they would get him. And I don't think they're I don't think they're going to bow out and let whoever they whoever Judge wants to sign him. So I don't I don't think it matters what you or I think as to what they can get or what they can't get if they do sign him. But I do think they will do a lot more. I don't think they're going to sit on their laurels and just no, sign Judge. I don't think they're done. just going to give up on him. But I just think I also don't think they're give him up on the team either. I don't think I know, signing him is I the feel only like thing. Signing do. him does kind of like we're going to be stuck with the same team next year. We're going to have the same exact team going into next year, so we're not going to improve at all. I think that's what I'm stuck with. That's what I don't like. We're not improving anywhere because we're signing Judge back, and he's going to take a lot of our cap space. Well, the cap space doesn't exist in in Major League Baseball because you you can pay as much as you want. You just got to be willing to pay the luxury tax on the back end. And I think that the Yankees just came out their pockets a little bit. Like, not a little bit. This is all millions of dollars. But, honestly, it's peanuts to the Yankees. If they just came out their pockets and paid more, they'd be able to get whoever they wanted. And if they need pitching help, they can do judge and pitching help. They can do it. They easily can do it. It's whether they feel like coming up off the cash or not. And I feel like after the way last year went, they have a decent reason to. Especially after watching the Astros go and win another one. In other MLB news, we usually don't talk about MLB all that much. This is actually kind of a new thing for us. Yeah, but it's just, you know, deals and stuff is what... Where the deals get done is more fun than anything else. In any sport. No one was happening. Okay, so, Verlander won another Cy Young at 39 years old. Congrats to him, especially after literally just He's having... He's 39? Yeah. 
Jesus. He just had a Tommy John surgery, and he's coming back at 39 years old. Ended up winning the Cy Young. Very good for him. Honestly, a story that you don't really hear all that often, especially being a starting pitcher and all that. Usually there's a usual drop-off. Hasn't happened as of yet, which is good for him. But yet again, bad for us because he pitched very well against the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah, it was hilarious watching us miss. Yeah, a lot of swing and misses when we face off off against Verlander. Um, Cardinal slugger Paul Goldschmidt. Beat out uh, Nolan Arenado in the Padres star Manny Machado for his first career NL MVP award. Bravo. So, all that being the case, I think they will announce at some point uh, whether Judge or Otani wins the AL MVP. I think it will be Judge. It was Judge. They they haven't announced it yet. But it should be Judge. They did a lot more winning. Usually it goes to the best player on the best, on the most winningest team, at least in baseball. So... I do see that going to judge, but the Otani scenario is very, 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 very intriguing because you have Otani being not only a pitcher, but a batter, hitting as many home runs and strikeouts as he's getting. Pretty much nothing like it since Babe Ruth. So kind of very interesting to say. Yeah. All right. What's the next topic for the day? Next topic. Basketball. Wow. Not a lot going on. Wow. Two sports we don't really talk about (laughs) in one episode. Oh, my God. Warriors 0 and 9 on the road now. Jesus. Actually they're 0 and 8. Sorry. 0 and 8. This is the only reason I talk about this. We did talk about this last episode, but the most recent loss for the Warriors is kind of bad. Curry had a 50-point game the other night against the Phoenix Suns. He had a 50-point night in a 130-119 loss to the Suns. I don't know how you have Curry go off for 50 points and lose to the Phoenix Suns. But that is a very, 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 very bad scenario. Um, it is the longest overall road losing streak by a defending champion since the 98-99 Chicago Bulls. Honestly, it doesn't really... Well, 98-99, so that would be the year after Jordan left. So that makes total sense, right? Is <laughs> <laughs> this crazy how you have... Cur- oh, it is the year right after Jordan left. Oh, that's why it sounded weird. Yeah. So it is crazy to think that Curry, going off where he is, I think he just... He has now 10 games of 50-plus points, tying uh, – why am I forgetting his name? Allen Iverson for the most games with 50 points or more. Mm-hmm. Um, are they wasting Steph, Cur- uh, Steph Curry's talent the way it's going right now? Because apparently Clay Thompson isn't playing all that well. His shooting percentage isn't really all that high. It's actually the lowest it's been in his career. Um, and apparently there's news that he really wasn't doing too much in the offseason because he was worried about trying to get his knee back and rehabbing and all that. So he really wasn't working on his game. So with all that being the case, should the Warriors do something drastic to try to get it back into uh, playing well around Curry, or should they just kind of stay the course, keep things going? I think they should stay the course. I think Clay, is gonna, I think Clay will fix it. Rehabbing his body is not something that should, that should be taken lightly, especially for a guy like him who's been injured a lot. I think it's one going to take him a lot. It's going to take Clay a lot. He's going to have to do some more practicing. Like he sh- he should be the guy you see in the gym putting up shots by himself. Yep. But I think they should stay the course for like like let's say you stay the course for another month or so, and it's still not working, yep. then you do something drastic. Because what we're probably about twenty games in, fifteen. No, like 15. Nine and eight, so you're talking like 17 games. Yeah, it's about 20 in. 
that's not that's not a many games in, in basketball. No, it's not. It's so, a, it's only like a like a fourth of the Yeah, season. so if you get another 10, 15 games in and then nothing's changing or it's getting worse, then you do something drastic. Well, yeah, you obviously have this trade deadline and all that. I think I did see something somebody saying, "Hey, just go ahead and trade for KD and it'll fix all your issues." You know, it's funny is that KD is doing great for his team, the Nets, and without Kyrie playing and them not playing well, that everybody's like, oh, should they just trade K- uh, KD to help him out since the team's not going anywhere even with him? That's a potential argument to be had, but I would probably wait until see get Kyrie back and have them play a lot more through the season. I know you don't like talking about the Nets. Now? Um, he is coming back from his sensitivity training about anti-Semitism. <laughs> I, I put that in the most funny way I, possible. Real but quick. That's what I said was. this before when the Nets first were doing this, and I was like, they're never going to play with each other. And I've continue to be right. They're, they've never played with each other. Yep. And it's going to... Ben Simmons keeps passing dunks. Have you seen that? Yeah, not good. Therefore, dunk, he passes it out. Yeah, it happens. Not really, but, you know, it happens. Apparently, his... uh, He had a career high. Not career high. But his best with the Nets the other night. Mm-hmm. I think his uh, point scored was in Ben Simmons... It was Oh, he had twenty points. He had twenty points. Did he? I don't know. No, he didn't. He had eleven points. Gee, that's as <laughs> high with the Nets. It's as high with the Nets. <laughs> he had eleven points. Oh, zero for zero, three point. He went five for seven field uh for <laughs> for free throws. No, for field goals. Free throws you went one and two. That was great. <laughs> I didn't like talking about the Nets, but I figured that was a very funny thing to All mention. All right, cool. Stop wasting my time. Let's talk with something else. Okay. College football stuff. I know you don't like college football. Oh, waste my time with basketball. But I know this is something that even you can get behind. What, do you have something to say? No, just go. This is the week that the SEC always gets to have their very terrible game. They have an out-of-conference game scheduled for this is week 12 for mm-hmm. college football. Where everybody else, every other conference, they're all playing each other in their own conference for their conference schedules. The SEC gets to get away with a fourth out of conference game against terrible teams for the week four? before. Yeah, they still have four out of conference games. They have four out of conference games. Yeah, practically every other conference has, got, has still only has three. Um, the SEC has four. Why? And I'm going to make sure I check it just to make sure here. Um, but do you know who Bama plays this week? Who? Do you want to know? Yeah, go ahead. Um, you have. Uh, sorry, I get to do the SEC here. Honestly, I don't know why I'm talking about Bama, but this is always the funniest thing. They're all, they're paying. They're playing Austin Pay. Who? <laughs> Austin Pay. P-E-A-Y. Mm-hmm. P or pay? I'm not sure. Doesn't really matter. But their other, they've played Utah State out of conference, Texas out of conference, UL Monroe, and now Austin P. Their fourth out of conference game of the season. And they're playing Austin P. Pay doesn't really matter. In week 12 of the college football season, where every other team is at least playing teams in their own conference, and that's the same for all SEC teams. Uh, you got, let's see. And this is what annoys me because the fact that the SEC gets to talk about how great their scheduling is and how tough it is and how they always have to play each other 
you have the you have the SEC able to play a fourth out of conference game, playing terrible teams that really doesn't matter, and that they get to have, pretty much have two up games at the latter stage of the season. Imagine if, okay, I can't even say Ohio State because we get to play Maryland, mm-hmm. and they're <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut at up. least they're of decent of decent caliber. Austin P couldn't do anything on their best day against Alabama. Okay, I'm going to get off of that soapbox. Apparently, Jace isn't really having it. I'm just going to talk about the games that I that I see that are any way, anything close to decent. But just mention, there's nothing including the SEC on this one, guys. So, TCU plays Baylor. Um, TCU's in the home stretch to potentially make the college ball playoff. All they have to do is win out the rest of their games. And then they're playing their Big 12 championship game. As long as they win out, they're in. I do see them winning against Baylor, even because I think Baylor lost pretty bad last week. Um, they are six and four, and they lost to Kansas State thirty-one to three. So I do see that as a should be an easy win for them. Um, Michigan plays Illinois. At one point, this looked like a, a decent game, um, but Illinois has since lost a game or two. I think they lost to your Michigan State team. Yeah, they did. They were ranked and lost to a bad team. The only thing that makes this game anything close to interesting is that Illinois kind of plays the same way as Michigan. They run the football, all that. I think it's kind of strength against strength. Defensive line, the line of scrimmage being their strength, I do think they do pose a different kind of challenge to Michigan because Michigan hanging their hat on, I'm going to run the football all day and bludgeon you to death. That's what Illinois is trying to do as well. Mm-hmm. I Again, I don't see Illinois winning, but I do see this as a – potential letdown spot for Michigan just because they just play such similar styles. And Brett Bielma, Brett Bielma, the Illinois head coach, knows a lot about coaching in the Big Ten. Ben, in the Big Ten? Goodness Jesus. gracious. <laughs> he knows Mush a lot about mouth. coaching in the Big Ten. Because he coached at Wisconsin before, before going to Arkansas to coach, where that pretty much ended up being a disaster. He's not good at coaching in the SEC. He comes back to Illinois and is coaching that team to play very, very well. Um, You got... Michigan State's play is Indiana. Got to mention your team. Hopefully your team can get the win, especially Indiana not really playing great. Bro. <laughs> Bro. What? You don't have confidence? I f- was wishing pain onto Peyton Thornton last night. Okay. Is that his name? Peyton Thorne? Is yes. that his name? Cool. Sorry. I've uh, said it so many times. I hope I forget. All right. Ohio State plays Maryland. This game honestly should not be much of a problem. Maryland scored like 10 points in the last two weeks. I really don't think that's going to be much of an issue. Again, I just want to avoid Ohio State, this being a letdown game for Ohio State, looking forward to Michigan. As long as Ohio State t- takes care of business, hopefully has it handled by the second half. Don't lose Don't lose the Maryland. You throw the backups in, start focusing on Michigan, and let that be pretty much your week's start of the preparation. As long as you take care of Maryland first. Don't want to make that a problem when it doesn't have to be. Maryland did play Michigan tough earlier this season, so it's not like they don't have the capability. But just I think Ohio State should be able to handle it. Just, you know, get C.J. Stroud's yards and touchdowns and then get all the backups in. Make sure we come out of this game healthy. And then get the running backs healthy as well because we have a few running back injuries. We need to be as close to full strength as possible if we're going to face the team up north. Miami plays Clemson. Miami's been terrible this year. I think Miami has like five losses either 5-5 five and five on the season. I don't see them beating Clemson. Um, I do think Clemson just has a defense that will stop anything Miami has to offer. But, you know, Clemson not playing all that great either. They have two lo- one loss on their own. I wish it was two losses, but they have one loss of their own. Uh, just an important game for Clemson to try to stay on the wagon 
stay close to having some sort of playoff viability, which I don't think is really possible. Penn State playing Rutgers. I only mentioned that game because Penn State just needs to keep looking good. It looks good for both Ohio State and Michigan. If a potential close game of Ohio State-Michigan has a one-score game at the end by the time it's over, it could lead to the other team that loses still having a shot at the playoff if those teams play each other tough and their best wins being against Penn State, who still plays well throughout the season. Their only two losses Penn State has is to both Ohio State and Michigan. So they can stay undefeated otherwise. It will look good for both Ohio State and Michigan. Mm. Texas plays Kansas. I don't really know why I mentioned that game. doesn't really matter. Texas is going to win that. Um, Tennessee plays South Carolina. Actually, I did say no SEC teams were playing each other. Apparently, that's not the case. I probably should have looked more into it before, but Tennessee plays South Carolina. Tennessee should have that handled. They are still in in prime position for a playoff spot with looking at Ohio State and Michigan have to play each other still. Why are you smacking yeah. yourself? Yeah, continue. You're trying to stay into it. I understand. Biggest game of the weekend, USC plays UCLA. And the way I see it, if UCLA beats USC... I think it all but eliminates any chance of the Pac-12 getting into the college football playoff. I don't think there would be any team left because USC is the only one-loss team left in the Pac-12. And if they lose to the UCLA, I think it guarantees UCLA gets to the Pac-12 championship game. And there's the playoff has not let a two-loss team into the play, the playoff committee. Has Jesus. not let a two-loss... You keep... At, you keep the playoff committee has not let a two-loss team into the... Uh, playoff. Playoff. They haven't let two lost team into the playoff. Yeah. As of yet. And it's not going to happen. So Pac-12 will be totally out if they lose. Utah plays Oregon. Kind of trying to play second fiddle. If I think both those teams are playing for a chance to get into the Pac-12 championship game and try to play spoiler to whoever wins the USC-UCLA game. And that's on college football. Cool. Uh, next topic. NFL football it is that we're going to let is go right into it. So two main stories we got to go to is NFL move the Browns and Bills game to Detroit due to like a snowstorm. Apparently that is going to bring like six feet of snow to Buffalo. If that, if that game were to be played on Sunday, honestly, if this game were to still go on in Buffalo, if they were to try to play through the snow, it kind of takes me back to, when I think it was a Detroit game against the Packers or something when they were playing in the crazy snow and Calvin Johnson managed to still get like over a hundred yards and had a few touchdowns in snow where like pretty much nobody could run. It was the tall guy with the very long legs that managed to get some traction, I guess, and have a great game. But no, I think the NFL has taught thought better of it and they want Josh Allen to be able to throw over the yard and they want fans to be able to have a decent time. So they decided to move the game to Detroit. I don't think a lot of Bills or Browns fans are going to be able to manage to get up to the game now because I think it's kind of far from where they would norm would be ready to go to the game if they were close. But otherwise, decent game of note because if they were to try to play in that snow, I actually would have give given the Browns a decent shot because of how good their running game is. But in the Bills, not necessarily having a very, very vibrant running game outside of Josh Allen running the quarterback draw pretty much and just powering his way through defenders. Um, the other story outside of that is probably the one of the bigger stories of the day. The D.C. Commanders, Washington Commanders, are going to be sued by uh, Washington, D.C. 
for an apparent uh, they have cheated residents out of hundreds of thousands of dollars in unreturned security deposits for season ticket holders. Apparently, this is they said the D.C. Attorney General Carl A. Racine or Racine, I don't know what it is. The commander's executives engage in egregious mismanagement of and illegal conduct. Apparently, they're holding on to nearly $200,000 in unreturned security deposits. And this is just one of those latest in a long line of weird things happening in Washington. Not only with the owner and what he decides to have as entertainment for him and other people that he is friends with, including or not including Washington cheerleaders. Um, but also just other things when it comes to having the terrible res terrible uh, stadium that then falls onto players as they're trying to walk into the tunnel. It just laid us on a long line. I think this is probably one of those things as to why the commander's owner and Daniel Snyder is trying to sell the team. Because I guess what I feel like the more things that come out, the more he decides, hey, let me just get out of this business altogether, make a couple billion dollars and get out so he doesn't have to worry about people talent on him because as long as he's the Washington commander's owner there will be people looking to discredit him as a decent owner of the team and then looking into his mishandlings of both his personal finances as well as the team finances as well kind of two little stories to talk about but the main the uh the main thing that we are here for is to talk about games oh not to mention Fitzpatrick is potential return after having appendicitis and missing the game last week. Mm. So that will help the Steelers out in their game against your aforementioned Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. And let's get into the games. Starting with the game tonight, Tennessee green Bay. Who you got my friend, Tennessee, Tennessee. I think green Bay might've found something after last week. In have, being able to have their big play games. Who they play last week? The Cowboys? Yeah. They found some big plays uh, against the Cowboys last week. Do I think? I think the Tennessee defense is very good. And they managed to limit big plays and stuff like that. But it is against Aaron Rodgers. But if I had to make a guess, I would probably say Tennessee is a little bit more consistent playing. I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick played last week, right? So nice to be playing again this week. Yeah. So the Tennessee offense should be a little bit more consistent. So I'd probably go with Tennessee as well. Uh, let me write that down here. Next game, Chicago, Atlanta. Atlanta. Justin Fields playing uh, better and better, seems like, every week, but yet the defense isn't really making any plays. Playing against an Atlanta team that was hot early, kind of playing above the above what they should be, but kind of coming back have come back to earth in the last few weeks, having a couple losses. You're saying you pick Atlanta? Yeah. You think I'm being a sucker by picking Justin Fields again? Not only by being a Justin Fields fan, but, you know, looking for him to succeed. But he's been playing so well every week. I just like one mistake last week led to them losing along with the defense. I just Atlanta's rushing offense is great. I just don't think they'll have the passing offense to really make Chicago pay for their defense not being great. So I think it's my lead to our first split. I will go ahead and pick Chicago, um, and you will pick Atlanta. Um, next game, Cleveland and Buffalo. The, uh, the game we already mentioned earlier. The game will be in Detroit, playing in a dome. No, you don't have to worry about the elements at all. Who you got? I think Buffalo's going to come back and Buffalo. have a – Okay. I think Buffalo's going to come back and play well after the Minnesota loss. Yeah. 
Um, I just think after last week where but um why am I forgetting his name now? Oh man, why am I forgetting Buffalo's quarterback's name? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, sorry. Josh Allen has had some problems the last couple of weeks holding on to the not holding on to the football, but not throwing picks. I feel like even if he did throw picks, I don't think the Cleveland defense is going to be able to take advantage of those mistakes if even if he does make them. So I would pick Buffalo to win this game. And I also think the Cleveland defense isn't great. I feel like their offense, all they can do is run the football. And I think Buffalo, if they have their back end, is probably their weakest point right now. And if Cleveland can't really pass football, which they haven't been able to as of late. And plus, I just feel like Cleveland is kind of just holding on, waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. Like I mentioned last episode, I feel like they're just waiting for the offense to have an uptick in production. If Watson is anything close to what he was before he stopped playing over these last few years, um, I do think they will get better. But otherwise, I'm going to pick Buffalo for this week. Um, On to the next game. Uh, Philly and Indianapolis. Indianapolis had the big win last week with their um, interim head coach, Jeff Saturday, getting his first win. Um, and then you have Philly coming off of their first loss of the season against Washington. The only problem I see with this game is Indianapolis runs the football very well, and they've managed to find their rushing offense last week with Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I see anything. Philly did just sign Inamakin too, so to try to shore up their defensive line when they're having a few defensive line-ish uh, injuries that have been plaguing them over the last few weeks, which is leading to people being able to run the football on them. How do you see this game going? I see Philadelphia winning the game, regardless of whether injuries or not, and the loss last week. I still think Philadelphia is a better team overall. I would say so as well. I did say I do see potentially Indianapolis being a problem with being able to run the football, but I just don't think Indianapolis will be able to do enough defensively in order to stop Philadelphia from scoring. Um, Especially, I feel like they're going to go back to doing what got them to this place got them here in the first place is by running the football first, passing second, giving a and then giving their giving their passing game more and more opportunities as their running game gets going. Um I'll go ahead and pick Philly. Next you got the Jets in New England. I'm gonna go the Jets. Go Jets? Yeah. Man, this is one of those games it's in New England. I just see this as a potential like New England always manages to win these games where they just shouldn't win at all. And let me see. What's weather going to be like? Because it's always a weird thing when it comes to New England games, huh? Mm. It's at one o'clock. Apparently the weather should be decent. So is this a game where New England gets to play spoiler and kind of ruin the Jets this season? Or is that Jets defense going to be able to hold on and play very good defense against a not-so-great Pats offense. Ramondre Stevenson's really good for the Pats, though. He runs the ball very well. Mm. Um, I will go ahead and pick the Jets as well. Okay. I Like I've been saying, that defense is special for the Jets. For the Yeah, for the Jets. I, I thought I said Giants for a second. Do you think that defense is special? I don't think there's going to be much that the New England Patriots are going to be able to do, especially with their quarterback in Mac Jones not necessarily playing as lights out as he was last season at this time. Mm. Um, next game, L.A. Rams at New Orleans. Pick the Saints. Ooh. You think they come off the big loss last week against Pittsburgh to upset the Rams? I think the Rams are 
They don't have their quarterback, and they don't have their star receiver. Is that really the case? I have it. Yes, Cooper Cup's already been. Cooper Cup's out. That, yes, that's a guaranteed. Out. I don't believe Stafford's playing either. So I'm going to check that real quick. That before being I a factor, and Ramsey and Donald being kind of not useful as of recently. They have no. Ramsey can't stop a nosebleed, and Donald can't get to the quarterback. I think the Saints win this with uh, Andy Dalton at, at the helm. Stafford was a full participant in practice today, and he's expected to gain clearance for Sunday's game in New Orleans. Um, he got, let's see, another offensive tackle out. A.J. Jackson's out. Another offensive tackle's out in Brewer. Got a guard out in Edwards. You got a center out in Brian Allen. A'shaun Robinson, defense tackle is out. They have a lot of wet injuries on the offensive line. Yeah. And this is, seems like one of those games where the New Orleans defense is going to make Going to make some noise, especially after last week. They really couldn't stop Pittsburgh from scoring, and that's like not one of those things that Pittsburgh's really great at doing this season. I'll go ahead and pick New Orleans. You got Detroit and uh, the Giants going at it. Are you going to stay on the Jets, uh, the Giants bandwagon, or are you going to no, jump gonna over to Detroit? Giants. You think so? Yeah. Detroit did get that big win last week mm. against Chicago. You don't think it's going to be a no, not really. I think the Giants are still a better team than Chicago will be, has been or is currently. I think the Giants are just a solid team, which means more. And Detroit still has no secondary or a defensive line. Their defense sucks. So sucks even if the Lions can score, it doesn't matter if they can't stop the Giants from scoring. And I think the Giants just have a, a better defense overall. They're not amazing, but they're solid. Mm-hmm. I think it just means more in the NFL than having an amazing offense. I think me and you have talked about this. The Giants are extremely solid in pretty much every facet of the game. They're not necessarily amazing at every anything, but they are. Their their floor is a lot higher than a lot of the team's floors, but their ceiling is not as high. And I don't think that ceiling is going to matter against the Lions when their defense is absolute garbage. Um, their offense manages to do some things sometimes, but I just think the Giants just play a little bit more, a little bit too consistent for Detroit to manage to uh, pounce on the Giants in this scenario. Carolina at Baltimore. I see this game being Baltimore. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. something first to kind of pick Baltimore as well. Um, I see that just because you know, Baltimore's just a better team overall. Yeah, defense is better. Offense is you know led by Lamar Jackson. It'll be a little bit more of a well-oiled machine. Even though Carolina is like one of those tough outs as of right now, that yeah, they just managed to play tough at some points where you know they shouldn't be. I don't think there's any team in the NFL that's just an easy out as of recently. No matter what team it is, every team has played hard this year. Even Houston has been a very, very hard out while playing. I just think there's not really, like, every team has a weakness. I don't think there's any team that is really. There's been some teams that look like they're separating themselves, but yet they have one weakness that can have them lose to anybody. A lot like the Bills proved last week. Um, To, heck, the Eagles. They proved that if you have a running game, you can control the clock. They can lose a game even to the Washington, where, honestly, nobody's going to contest that Washington. Nobody's going to say that Washington has better players than the Eagles. Eagles have are up and down a better team, but they just had the right game plan and they managed to put that together right just the right way in order to beat the Eagles. So I just think every team has a, a glaring weakness that needs to be addressed. I just think that um, Carolina won't be able to take care of uh, Baltimore's weakness as of right now, at least not of this week. Um, Washington, Houston. Pick Washington. Washington's <laughs> the better overall team. Uh, Ta- Taylor Heineke. Yep, Taylor Heineke has been playing. Pretty very well for the team. Uh, then 
Terry McLaren has been playing very well. Their defense, Scary backed Terry. by Chase Young, has been very, very good. He's been Chase getting... Young hasn't played yet, but he yes. is going to play this week. I think they're saying yeah, he's going to come off of... I thought you were saying it as if he's already been no, playing. Back, so that's that was my bad. Yeah, their defense, backed by Chase Young, going to this week, is going to be... He's not. He may not be a game wrecker as what he could be. I think he's just... You have to give him attention. He, yes, he's a threat. Help everybody he's else a out. threat regardless, and he's just... Same thing as TJ Watt. He's just a threat regardless if he's 100% or not. Yep. He adds pressure to the quarterback, which is going to make it a little easier for them to get to them. Houston's not a very big threat anyway, so I think it's a Washington... Oh, run. a little mini story here. Vikings players were upset that after the game for Washington, mm-hmm. on the plane back uh, to their home, they did the same thing that Kirk Cousins has been doing when it comes to like the, all the chains and stuff, wearing yeah. it, trying to look very cool on the plane. They're, apparently, this is something that players were mad at because they were copying them. And I'm like sitting here like, you guys, like both both teams have a weird white dude co- at, ha- at quarterback. quarterback. Like you have to expect this is one of those things where all the black guys come together and you know try to make give the guy some swag. And it, it's not new. It's happened in every sport. It's happened in every walk of life. You try to give the white boy a little bit of swag, chains, all that. I feel like now it's on social media. It's a lot more available. There's no reason for any players to be mad that people are copying. What does it matter? It is. Uh, it was copying. Yeah, but like, <laughs> what does it matter? Justin Tucker's been doing this for years. He's just been the white guy on the team. Like, who just who's funny? Yeah, I just I feel like it just became higher profile because it's the quarterbacks and Kirk Cousins is playing so well, and he finally earns those chains to be worn on his on his chest. The Vikings haven't been bad for years. They've been good, but finally they're now winning games they probably would have lost in years past, and I feel like the team is more behind him now, which is why something like this can happen where players are giving them giving him their chains to look cool. Um, I just think now that Taylor Heineke is now doing it, this is so funny to think about. White guys is having a bunch of chains that don't belong to them and just trying to be funny. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Ravens fly. Yeah. Let's fly. And he says what? What do you say? Oh man, now you say you ask me, I forget. I'll play it back to me. I'll play it back to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it was the other one where they're making fun of. Uh, he said something else, and it was a lot funnier than that. Uh, it was something, something smoking pack, and I don't remember who he was talking about. And I gotta find the clip. <laughs> but yeah, Washington should win this game. Houston is kind of one of those, you know, tough outs. But I just think Washington will have a very good running game that'll ha- help them have control. I also think Scary Terry will continue to eat in this game because I just don't think that Houston has any corner that can really keep up with t- Scary Terry from on a four quarter basis. So he's gonna continue to eat. I think he's gonna have a few touchdown catches in this game to help him on his tear throughout the league this season. And I just think Taylor Heineke is really proving himself to be the guy for Washington. And I think Carson Wentz is going to see himself out at the end of the season, even though I do not think that Taylor Heineke is a long-term guy either. I just feel like the team believes in him a lot more than they do in Wentz. I just think Wentz has re- hasn't really given that team any reason to believe in him any more than Heineke. I feel like Heineke has had a couple years now where he's come in and played well for Washington, leading in the wins they should, probably shouldn't have had. And I just think they just have a lot more belief in him. I just think the talent that Carson Wentz could have doesn't even matter because he just hasn't played well enough to earn their respect. I found it. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was racks on racks smoking on that Saints pack. And Justin Tucker has done that for three weeks in a row, clowning the team. Okay. Um, same, like he was clowning Russ in the other video. Uh, what are we? What game are we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Washington and Houston before I started talking about the white guys with the chains and all that. We both did pick Washington in this game. Oh, cool. And I was kind of giving my last thoughts. Sorry. I on to the next game. None of it. You got really focused on that one clip, yeah. and I was going to let uh, you have it. Vegas, Denver. I'm going to go Vegas. Denver is just a... Russell Wilson's best game he's had this season was against Vegas. I've been picking Vegas saying, hey, they're going to win a game at some point, right? They're too talented to not win games. You think what happened last week against a rookie head coach you know what? in You're a right. bad Colts team? I'll go Denver. It makes me want to pick Denver. Denver may I'll be a Denver. tire fire in itself, but I think Vegas is on its way to having a top pick. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure Carr will survive this year. I think he's a really good quarterback, but yet... With a top pick, they're going to pick a better, a younger they're quarterback. They're going to pick a quarterback. So, I'll, yeah, I'll go Denver. That makes more I don't sense. think their coach survives. I just think Denver is a little bit more put together right now. So, I'm going to pick Denver. You're, I'm guessing, and you just said you're going to pick Denver, so I'll make, write that down here. Um, how about Dallas, Minnesota? Minnesota Is Minnesota going to continue yeah, on Minnesota's there? Yeah, going to beat Dallas. Minnesota beating Dallas, huh? I just think Minnesota has a lot more answers. I don't think well, – why am I forgetting the corner's name for the Cowboys? Uh, Diggs, right? Stephon, yeah, uh, Tredavian Diggs. Trade, di, Tredavian Diggs? Mm-hmm. Trevon. Trevon Diggs. Something like that. I don't think he's going to be enough to stop Justin Jefferson, best wide receiver in the NFL now. Yeah, officially. I, where do we have him in our rankings? I think he was in our top five. He was three. He's, he was in our top fives I think at he the was, beginning of the season? He was, yeah. I just think mine, his, yeah, it was mine was Adams, Cup, and Jefferson. Now it's Jefferson, Cup, Adams. Uh, I still think Adams too. I feel like it, I think like his team is ruining him more than hit he because he's still a great talent. He's still getting away from people. I don't think Adams has done anything himself to for him to go lower on that list. So I'd probably put Jefferson, Adams, Cup. I just think both of those guys are just better t- overall talents and they fit in a lot more offenses just throw them in there and see how they go i feel like cooper cup really does get a plus for being in the offense that he's in this season hasn't he's been okay but he hasn't necessarily been cooper cup like as of last year when he was like leading the league and everything um but i do pick minnesota in this game i just think uh jefferson will play very well um and i don't think the cowboys especially after last week they have their issues. They can run the football when they want to. I think Dak is going to make his mistakes, and I think no matter how many opportunities he has, they're going to keep throwing the they're going to keep throwing the football because that's what they pay Dak to do. That's going to be their game plan, and I just don't think Dak's going to be good enough to put that team on his shoulders. And but he took Minnesota that is really rolling right now. All right, our game, boy. Cincinnati. Well, obviously we're going to be picking different teams. Yeah. I just need you. What is going to be different think from last we ha- game? We have a. Well, I don't. I didn't. We didn't play last week, so I don't no. Know. From last game, last time we played each other, that's what I was talking about. What's going to be different now? We're worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what leads you to think your team's going to win? I'm not facing TJ at 100. percent TJ played last. I'm not week. facing TJ at 100. percent I'm facing technically a worse quarterback in Pickett. He's eh. go- he's going to make worse decisions. I'm facing Pickett's you. Pickett's played better than free than he has. True, the other but guy he, he still 
but he's still a rookie overall. I'm facing you without a third, a solid second or third wide receiver. You have one dude and Pickens. Pickens is a monster. Yes, but you also don't have Claypool, which kind of it closes up your offense a little bit. Najee's still very good behind a bad offensive line. Najee played last week. He ran for 100 yards. And without Minka, without Minka, it does kind of close up your Make, offense. Your Minka defense. might play. He might play. And it does kind of close up your defense a little bit. But I I can't guarantee we're going to win this game. I think, in all honesty, our teams are quite even as of right now. Yeah. We have a better offense, and I still think our offense is overwhelming compared to yours. It's not as big. It's not as as threatening without um, Chase. Yeah, obviously. But we still do have – I think we have a better overall tight end. I still think we have – Ah, I think Frymuth is a monster. I don't. I, yeah, I think I don't that think, might be overstatement. I don't, I, I, I'm not saying it's a lot. I'm saying they're very comparable. I think Hurst is faster. I think Hurst is also smaller, though. Yeah, I think Frymuth is more of a throw. You could throw the ball up to yes, him type of guy. I think Hurst is a guy in open catches. space where he can actually move. He's moving. Yeah. Because I, I think build-wise, he's closer to, he's closer to Pitts, build-wise. No, he's not. Yeah, size-wise, he's I, not a big dude. I know, but Pitts is a... Is a like athletic marvel at his at his size, dude. Go, Whatever. Go but ahead and talk. Okay. Why so, do you think your team can win? I think your defense is going to be the basis of all this argument. Well, yes. TJ is back. He played last week. Didn't necessarily make waves, but it didn't make waves on our team just by having him on the field. Because guess what? No matter whether he is one hundred percent or not, you still have to throw double teams at him because you do not want TJ to be the reason you lose the game. And I think that's what the the Bengals are probably going to this game saying, hey, we're going to throw double teams at TJ all day and make them rely on the other side of their the defensive His line to win the game. The same as Pitts, yeah. I think Highsmith. Just so you know. Highsmith played very great, very good last week. I was right. What's what's the build? Go ahead. What's He's 6'5", 249. And what Pitts is Pitts? Pitts is 6'6", 249. I just, no, I'm not talking about the – I was talking about the athletically. Pitts is oh, a different type of athlete. Athletically, yeah. Athletically, they're – I'm just still similar. I know, but I think Pitts is – he could play wide receiver. I don't think Hurts is playing wide receiver. Yeah, but Hurts is still pretty fast for our tight end. Yeah, but I think Pitts is just on a different level. I, I was yeah, just, but I was just, just saying, making that Fire, difference. Firemuth is more – he's just a straight-up tight end. He's just the big dude. Hurts don't block. Hurts can't block. Let's get that straight. Hurts can't block. True. True. But they're not using him to. They're exactly. Trying, they're We're trying to have him, him as a receiver. Passes. He's yeah. not a very big guy. He's almost smaller than Higgins in size, so he's a – Basically, just another receiver. Okay. Back to what I was saying. If we need a blocker, we throw in Samaji P. Ryan. <laughs> That's all we can do. <laughs> TJ's back. He's going to force your defense, your offense to worry about him. Alex Highsmith played very well last week, had a couple sacks. Because of that, our defensive backs looked a lot better, obviously, because they, mm-hmm. they knew their defensive line. They didn't have to cover as long, so their defensive line is going to get to the quarterback. I think... The Bengals' offensive line is still cheeks. It has not progressed at all no. this season. Um, you guys don't have Chase, so I, yeah. we don't have to worry about getting beat over the top, Okay, which so, will help our defensive backs out. See, this is kind of exactly how I thought this one was going to go. I was going to talk, talk, talk about our offense. Wait, I'm getting to my offense. Here's what I think is going to be a deciding factor. Because uh-huh. I think in all of its line, we're about comparable. We're comparable. We're both garbage at all of its line. Yeah. And our, and our running backs are, and quarterbacks are both getting beat up. Mine's getting beat up a little bit more. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I have a better quarterback back there. My quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is nowhere near Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I have a better defense. Of course. Now take advantage of, of that. Of course. 
your defense can only take advantage advantage of it consistently if your offense can stay in the field. But it's the same thing I said the first time. Hey, hey, we okay. So let me get to my. Offense. Are you in my house or am I in yours? I think you're in mine because oh. we were in yours for your game. You're in mine. No, you're in my house. No, we played wow. you. We played you. The we went, came to your house. I week swear one. to God, we came to yours. No, we went to your house. We doesn't my matter friend. either way. Okay. Good. Let me get to my offense. Okay. We're at home, so this will help us out a lot. Our offense, Kenny Pickett. I watched the highlights from last week's game. He looked very good. He was making passes that was necessary. He looked like he was holding on to the ball a few times where he could have th- pulled the trigger, where it was like one-on-one coverage. It looks like there's a hole there. Like He probably should have tried to take a few more chances. But otherwise, he was making some good passes. He wasn't making a lot of mistakes. He was getting outside the pocket when he needed to, getting away from pressure, getting some yards when he could. I think he's playing very well. I think our offensive line is playing better. Not great, but better. We ran the football a little bit better last week against the Saints, which has a better defensive line overall than what the Cincinnati Bengals have. Um, Najee was able to run for like 100 yards in this game. I think we ran the football very well against the Saints, which is a very good sign for us. Um, and like I said, we don't have to worry about Chase. Our, our wide receivers are playing well. Pickens is getting better and better every week. He's getting more and more touches. I feel like he is progressing into the number two. Chase Claypool never really showed himself to be other than his first year when we were really throwing the ball downfield to him. I think Pickens is turning out to be a more versatile guy um, in just his size and speed and all that. So I just think overall our offense will play good enough to stay on the field for a little bit, get our defense a chance to get health, get rest, and be able to play better throughout the whole game, which I think kind of played out last game. And I think we will get some points on the board, even though we're not necessarily a great scoring team. I think our defense finally, again, with TJ, potentially Minka, but definitely TJ, will have you be scared to get back out in the field with Could Joe you see this game going either way? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I still don't think my team's good. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like this game's... I feel like we can both make a case, but we. I feel like in my heart of hearts, I know this game's a toss-up. Yeah. Because uh, let's be real, Joe Burrow could take over the game and just shoot everybody out. I feel like I'd feel a lot better about that with Chase, but yeah, of course. But even even if he does it to a lesser degree, he still could do it in a way that your defense could take over the game and shut everybody out. Yeah, but I, has but Joe I, Burrow had that type of game without Chase though this season? I don't think he has. Again, this is he's only go, he's played one game without Chase. I don't know. It's what been you, more than one. No, I don't really think it has. I really don't think it has. I, I believe it's been it, like three games. I think it's only been one. Because he's supposed to be back in week 15. It's been one game. We were on bye last week. You didn't play him with the Browns. You didn't have him with the Browns. You didn't have him with the Panthers. Then you went on bye last week, and then with the Steelers. So you've had two games. It's two games. (laughs) And you played two defenses that weren't that good. So, again, it could go either way. I still don't think my team is all that good. I'm looking for a top 10 pick. We blew. Wait. We blew the Browns out. The I Browns mean, aren't good defensively. Bad. We blew the Panthers out. Panthers aren't good defensively. And we lost to the Browns. Yeah. But then again, he also he did lose to the Browns. Yeah. He also got sacked like twelve times this game. So yeah. You guys are still have a but problem again, with the Browns. But again, he still threw for two touchdowns and two hundred thirty-two yards. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think you had a, Joe, a vintage Joe Burrow game without Chase. Yeah, but again, sacked like forty times. I think the Pittsburghs going to be able to do the same thing, and that. Again, you asked the question, could it be a toss-up? I still believe that. My team is not all that consistent. We're not all that good. At our best, our defense is great, and our offense could be meh, but I just I can't count on that on a consistent basis. So 
it could be a cost toss up, but obviously I'm picking my team to win this game. Of course, I'm not. I'm not like, trying to ta- I'm not, talk you into not picking. Oh, your I team. think I think we were both just working of if our team wins, what will be the reasons why? I think we both kind of put out if we good reasons as to if our teams would win how how they would. But I could definitely see my team losing. But again, I don't see my team my team losing to your offense. I feel I see my team losing to your defense, same as the first game. Yeah, we yeah, lost to your defense. That. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I don't see your team losing to my defense. I see your offense killing itself. And then, and then your defense getting tired. I don't think our offense killed itself. No, I just think your offense there. would is might just flutter out. I think, one, he might look, he look at, from what I've seen, he's looked more comfortable in Pittsburgh Stadium than he has anywhere else. Yep. So that does give benefit to you. So I, I this game could go very likely either way. All right, next game. Kansas City Chargers. Kansas City. I got to pick the. Got to pick Kansas City. Um, oh, wait, who is it? Tony? Tony? Huh? Kadarius Tony? Yeah. Uh, was drafted as, an, as a number one receiver. First one receiver for the Giants. Yep. Where he was not that for the Giants. Not that. Goes to Kansas City and he's started to look like that. He's looked so much better. He's played better yeah. games uh, with Kansas City than he ever has with the Giants. I think last game was kind of his breakout game where he yeah, got a lot of touches. But even then, before before then, he was looking pretty good. He was getting good touches. And I feel like I feel like he'll keep producing and he'll get better because I feel like they drafted him to be a number one receiver, and he wasn't. But let's be real, Daniel Jones is nothing compared to Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Well, so yeah, I sure. think I think he'll progress, and so I'm excited to see him play because everybody kind of wrote him off as a problem on and off the field. Mm-hmm. He's had none this year. Uh, of course, we don't know how long that can last, but with good team play, usually it does keep going. So here's my issue. I do believe the Chiefs win this game. Yeah. The Chiefs do have a defensive problem where they're not really stopping a lot of teams from scoring. Yeah, but the Chiefs have always had a defensive problem. But this is where this is where my problem is. The Chargers offensive line has not been great. The Chargers offense has not been throwing the football downfield because of it. They're not really doing a lot of shots. I feel like even when they do get some shots downfield, it is Justin Herbert just kind of forcing it just for the sake of forcing it. Because that offense is doing a lot of a lot of short passes. A lot of dink and duck. Throwing it to Austin Eckler, throwing it to the tight end right there. Like, they are not trying to throw the football downfield at all, and that leads to that defense compressing, and they're getting close to close to the line of scrimmage because they're not worried about you throwing over top of them. And Kansas City's defense not being great, they still have a decent pass rush, and they will be able to get pa- get after uh, get after Herbert. The only chance he has is to be able to run away, try to get some passes off, but yet I just don't think they're going to be able to score at a consistent enough rate to beat Kansas City at this point. They gotta get they gotta get pieces back. Plus, they still don't have Keenan Allen at this point, so they're still even without their best wide receiver. I think Mike Williams is still out too. Like they're without their best wide receivers as well. I just don't think you'll be able to put up put up enough points to beat Kansas City. Even though I think Kansas City's defense is deficient and they still have some problems to be handled, I just don't think uh, the Chargers are the team to take advantage of that. Last game, San Fran and Arizona. San Fran. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the San Fran's just the better team, much better team. They Arizona has a defense problem. Arizona has an offense <laughs> problem. Uh, Arizona just looked like a shell of what it was last year or even the year before. I think San Fran has been the. I feel like San Fran's going kind of going through a similar thing of what Cincinnati's going through right now. They picked a coach that they felt like matched Kyler Murray in his play style, right? The air raid, getting the offense out. I feel like the offense has gone a little bit too Kyler Murray heavy. 
they're saying, hey, if you, Kyler Murray, don't get your first reads out, you run around, try to make some time for your offense, uh, your offense weapons to get somewhere and get to a spot where you can pass it to him, and then that's the, that's the offense, right? I just think if you can fire the coach and get a new offense coordinator in there that can put an offense around Kyler Murray to take the onus less on him, take the onus off of him, and say, hey, this is going to be a more structured offense around you to where this is going to be a read here, 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 and then make it more structured because I feel like it's too, it's too focused on him and I feel like if he doesn't have a great game, that offense seems to flutter out, and they don't manage to have too much else in the in this chamber ready to go. Um, there are times where they do run well with James Conner, but I feel like they run away from that a little too often to help Kyler Murray out and have because he's the focal point of their team. Obviously, want to have your best player have the ball. I just feel like he just needs more structure, man. And I feel like seems like that offense too too many times is just fluttering out. They look like. And there's times where they get into a fast-paced offense. They can get into a spot where, like, you can't stop them because they're wide receiver making plays. Obviously, having D-Hop back, he's practically unstoppable when it comes to getting routes and catches and all that. I just think they look – there's at times where they look very good. I just, But I think that is when Kyler Murray's at his best. I just don't think they have enough offensively to get scheme players open and really help out Kyler Murray with his reads and stuff like that. Because if it isn't him, that team isn't doing much. And I just feel like with a better, more structured offense that will scheme players open, a lot like the Rams have, right? Imagine if Sean McVay had a guy like Kyler Murray in his offense. He could do wonders with a guy like that and be able to scheme some things open and make it a lot easier. Um, I just don't think they have that with the coach they have now. I don't remember his name. I'm not even going to think about it. I just think they're going to have a coaching change after this season because they're not be- – Honestly, not gonna be able to do anything else. They already paid Kyler, and most of their teams are already paid. I just think, and plus, they don't even have a first round pick this season, so the time like they can get a first round talent this year. So, with all that being the case, I just feel like Arizona can be a good team. I just feel like they just they just need a lot of wholesale changes before they can get there. But they have some good pillars to get there, though. And like I already said, San Fran, I do think they're a sleeping giant. Their defense can get healthy. Their offense is already very well built to be very scary. It's all based on how Jimmy Garoppolo plays. If he can be the guy, if he can make the passes necessary to win all these games, which he always does in the regular season, it's what happens when he gets to the postseason. Um, I do think San Fran is one of those teams that can really make a statement in the NFC to be the best team. I feel like San Fran and the Eagles pretty much play the same way. Like they, Their run game is pretty close. Their defense is very solid. I just feel like they have... Uh, it's all based on quarterback play, man. I think, and I think Herbert. I mean, Hertz is obviously a better quarterback than Jimmy G right now. Yeah, of course. It's just whoever's not, not, not whoever's going to not make mistakes. And I think you know San Fran is going to be very good on this path. And I feel like it's going to be an Eagle San Fran NFC Championship game, if I had to say so right now. Yeah, most likely. And that's all the games. Um, I feel like we have we've had a decent podcast, hour and eleven minutes. It got a little bit energy was a little bit off throughout the middle of this podcast, but I think we got kind of came on strong, played very did very well in the end. So I'm gonna go ahead. Anybody that's been listening, whoever had the mental fortitude to listen to our madness today, I really appreciate you. If you're already listening, go ahead and make sure you like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast five stars, share it to friends, share it to family. Um, if you're already listening to the podcast for weeks, if you've been listening, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And if you've been sharing with people that you know, we appreciate you even more. 
and I'm just going to hand it off to Jace for the outro here. This has been James Post Podcast. Thank you guys for listening to the game. You guys have a nice day. Bye.